Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Awesome, and we hope the start to your week and your Monday was even better. I know Mondays are a little hit or miss, so if you're not having the best Monday, well, hopefully that changes all of that. Welcome into another Monday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Got the whole crew together again with you to open the week. Muhammad Ahmad with you, along with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. Before we jump into today's order of business, which is going to be more fun, uh, if not just as fun as what we did Friday, I want to remind you all to keep submitting your fan stories. What do I mean by that? Well, we want you, the fan, to tell us why you're a Bengals fan. And you got to do that by going to strictlystripes.com and clicking on the link that says, why I'm a Bengals fan. Tell us your story. Fill out the Google Docs form. And, and just really, I want to say no promises. Maybe in the next week-ish, week and a half, two weeks, we're going to actually not only start reading some of these responses, but we might have some of the responders on this podcast. Yeah, you heard me right. So if you want to get on here, have an authentic response and submit it at strictlystripes.com. So Friday, for those who didn't tune in, we ranked uh, our top 10 wide receivers in the NFL from top to bottom. We each did our own list. So I had a 10 through one. Mike had a 10 through one. Andrew had a 10 through one or vice versa, one through 10. Uh, and we had Jamar Chase, I think. For the most part, with exception of Mike, I had him at four. Andrew had him around five, I think. But we're going to do things a little different. Rather than uh, what we're going to do today, actually, first of all, to set the stage, we're going to do coaches in the AFC. So we're going to do head coaches in the AFC. We're going to rank our top 10 coaches in the AFC. So rather than each of us having a top 10, we're going to do a draft-esque version of this where each of us will have a turn. We're going to pick a coach, kind of like we did with our top passing offenses in the AFC a few weeks ago. And uh, we're going to defend our respective picks, maybe debate them with whoever disagrees. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do a draft where we're going to draft uh, the top 10 coaches in the AFC from top to bottom. Uh, each of us are going to get our own pick. We're going to defend those picks just as if we're doing any other draft. So we are going to start at numero uno. And volunteering as tribute at numero uno with the first overall pick is Mike Nislik. I feel like this is going to be an easy one. I'd imagine we'd all have the same answer, but Mike, just go ahead and give it away. Who is the best coach in the AFC right now, today, Monday, June 5th, 2023? Well, I went with Andy Reid, uh, the defending Super Bowl coach. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, right now and longevity, I mean, I think you could make a case that he's won 
of the best coaches in NFL history, to be honest. Um, his fifth most NFL in wins. Um, you know, his, his record now with KC and in, in going into his 10th season um, is pretty incredible. 7-10 winning percentage, 103-42. and 42. Three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins, and obviously four straight appearances. The FC title game. Um, it's obviously taken to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, it's kind of been the, the secret to their success, but you know, he's a big part of that as their play caller. I think that's something that uh, has to be valued at the sort of the top of the list, that they have to be guys that call plays. Um, but had success with Alex Smith, too. I mean, he's made the postseason eight out of his nine seasons in Kansas City, um, and I believe four of those were with Alex Smith. So uh, not just a one-trick pony, and then obviously his success with the Eagles, you know, shows just um, – you know, great career he's had, but right now, um, you know, uh, play caller extraordinaire, um, offensive guru, um, has, you know, coached the best quarterback in the league to multiple MVPs. Um, and I think he's a big part of that success. Just so you know, if you did not pick him, I would have forfeited one of your picks. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I would literally think we were all going to agree that it was Andy Reid. I mean, just to make sure I'm not crazy, you agree that Andy Reid is the best coach in the AFC, right, Andrew? Yeah, that that would have been. I mean, I think you just like I understand having Patrick Mahomes is a cheat code, but I mean the stuff he does offensively <laughs> is just so unique, and I mean the success he's had both in Philadelphia and Kansas City that's that's pretty undeniable. And and you know if you're if you're starting a 2023 season with any NFL head coach, I mean I I don't think it's just the AFC. I'm taking Andy Reid over uh, over anybody else. I mean, you look at what he did with Donovan McNabb and all the players that came and went in Philly from Brian Dawkins to Brian, Brian Westbrook, I believe, the running back. Yeah, all those guys, even Terrell Owens, which is still funny to me. I mean, you can give him average Joes, superstars like Patrick Mahomes, doesn't matter. I mean, like, like Mike said, they were making the playoffs a lot almost every year with Alex Smith. I know they didn't make it as far as they did with Mahomes, but... Once he got that, I mean, he got the job done. And so I absolutely think, I mean, you could say he's one of the best coaches of all time for sure. Uh, so that was easy. Now this is where we start getting into our opinions and debates. With the second pick, Andrew, who do you have as the second best HC in the AFC right now? Yeah, I think if if you were to do kind of a an all-time look, the answer is different. Um, you know, most accomplished or best, even I think I would say, uh, I think my answer would be different, but going into 2023, um, if I can't have Andy Reed, uh, the, the coach I want most, um, you know, out of the coaches in the AFC is, is Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, I look at the career that he has had, he's been the Steelers coach for 16 years. Um, you know, he, he's been all, he, I mean, he was there when, when Ben was just a few years into his career, he's obviously outlasted Ben. Um, you know, they, he's only won a Super Bowl one time, and and I know there are a lot of fan bases who will kind of hear that and go, "Only one Super Bowl." Um, you know, but I, the worst record that they've had in his tenure is eight and eight, and they've gone that uh, they've they've been eight and eight three years. Um, you know, they, there was a stat I I've, I don't know exactly the number, but the number of games that they have played in their, you know, in, in the Tomlin tenure that have not had playoff implications is like two or three. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, That's every crazy. year they're, they're always good. Um, you know, I mean, think back to kind of the team that, you know, you saw this year, they, they'd had a rookie quarterback. Uh, they were one and four, they got down to two and six, um, you know, and they got blown out by Philly. Uh, on the road and it kind of looked like things were going to go off the rails. 
and then they strung some stuff together and, and they were in the playoff chase at the end of the year. So again, I just think that, you know, I know, you know, there are some Steelers fans a few years ago who kind of thought Tomlin should, uh, should hit the road. But again, if, if I need a coach for an NFL season, it's, it, and I can't have Andy Reid, it's, it's Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is just, he's so consistent. And for my money, I think even he might even be underrated considering, you know, the amount of people that would take a Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay. Um, all, all Mike Tomlin does is win. Um, and the worst you know you're going to finish with him basically is 500. So uh, Mike Tomlin would be my uh, my pick, my the second pick off the board. Ooh, I will say uh, you're not wrong about saying that he's underrated. I did not have him anywhere in your number two. So you, you're bold. You are a bold man. But uh, Mike, is that a bold pick? Or do you actually think there's fair room to say that Mike Tomlin is a top two, top three coach in the AFC right now? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like you said, it's hard to separate, you know, he's what he's done in his career, I think is certainly more impressive than what necessarily he's done maybe lately. Um, you know, obviously 2020, uh, they were 12 and four, but outside of that, they've been kind of a 500 team, um, but haven't dipped under. Um, but his, you know, his long-term success is impressive and the way he's kind of held that locker room for, for that long, you know, it, it takes a certain kind of coach. Um, doesn't call plays, um, hasn't ever been really the primary play caller, um, you know, uh, for the defense. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think there's an argument to be made in his favor to be like top five. I don't know if that I would have had him second, uh, but I, I, you know, you can't go wrong. I mean, he's a guy that obviously commands the respect of players. Um, and I think that's, that's important. That is a good assessment, and I don't disagree with either of that. I think it's just a matter of separating what he's done versus where he's at. And that's what I think makes this draft so fun but challenging, where I think there's no really, for the most part, there's no right or wrong answers. But I guess now that we're just jumping into number three, I'm. I, this is an interesting one. I had to really ask myself if I wanted to do this, and I'm just going to say it. I think the third best coach in the AFC right now is John Harbaugh from Baltimore Ravens, that might raise some eyebrows, that might not. I only say that because, look, I get it, you know, it's been, what, 10 years since they had that Super Bowl team that won down in New Orleans. I understand that, but, you know, and I get it. You have Lamar Jackson, too, uh, who won MVP not long ago. I get that. But here's the thing, like, you, you look at what he's done and what he's capable of. Like, I actually think... Had Lamar not gotten hurt, I guess it was, what, December against the Broncos, had he not gotten hurt and they played the Bengals, like nothing else changed, either they played the Bengals in that game in uh, Cincinnati in the wild card round or they're hosting that game as AFC North champions, assuming things go a different way with Baltimore and maybe they win the North, I don't know. I think the Ravens could have made a decent run. Like, I mean, think about this. They almost beat the Bengals. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. I mean, Sam Hubbard without taking anything away from the offense, like Sam Hubbard saved the day. Um, and I mean, you got to remember this team was the one seed not long ago and just the guys that he's coached. I mean, he's coached hall of famers like Ed Reed and he's not coaching. I don't think any future hall of famers right now, unless, you know, maybe Lamar gets that gold jacket one day. I don't know. But other than that, I mean, you look at what he's got and what he's capable of. Like, I think the Ravens, let's be real. I think they're very well going to compete for the AFC North next year. Lamar's coming back. You got Odell Beckham, uh, their defense has Swirlcon Smith and Patrick Queen. Uh, I know they lost guys like Chuck Clark, so they took a little bit of hit there. Uh, but I still think they're going to have a really good defense. I'd like to see what Lamar does with that offense. 
Um, and you look at the coaches he's had by his side, like uh, Greg Roman and Mike McDonald, among others, I think he is going to be in good shape. And I, again, I know I don't want to contradict myself. I know I mentioned that he's coached Hall of Famers back then, but I'm saying he coached it with those guys. He's coaching now with, I don't want to say average Joes because Roquan Smith is good. Patrick Queen is good. J.K. Dobbins is, I'd say, legit. Lamar is Lamar. So it's kind of like you mentioned, mentioned with Andy, Andy Reid. Like he has the cheat code with Mahomes, but he's just a good coach. I say the same with John Harbaugh, number three. Uh, was that a bold move that I made, or do you think there's a really good argument to put John Harbaugh number three? I mean, there's there's an argument for it. Um, you know, you you look at the last couple of years, right? And and I mean, the Ravens in 2022, uh, they were eight and three um, at uh, you know at one point. And I remember there was kind of a discussion like, hey, this team, you know, this team might. Um, it's, you know, this team might, you know, be in contention for, for a number one seed or, a, you know, a number two seed in the AFC. Uh, then Lamar gets hurt and, and kind of the wheels fall off and they, they finish 0-6. Um, and, and it was more than just Lamar. You know, I remember uh, the Bengals played them in that game. And, I mean, there were guys playing in that I think – I'm trying to think who started that game for the Ravens. Like, I – I don't know. The regular season finale against Cincinnati? No, no. This was in 2021. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're thinking two years Wright, ago. Maybe? Like, it, it it was – or Josh Johnson. Like, it was a really, really, you know, bottom-of-the-barrel move for the Ravens. So, he, you know, he coaches good teams. Um, I wouldn't have put him third. I think there's a pretty clear answer for number three that um, that we haven't said. Um, so, I don't know if Mike will do it. But, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, he, he coaches good teams every year. Um, you know, he's, he's been around for a while. He's got a little bit of that, you know, that Tomlin longevity to him. And, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't, I think that there's a case to be made that he's, you know, in the top four, that top four, but I wouldn't have gone with him at, at, uh, at three. So Mike, who do you go with as the fourth best, fourth best coach in the AFC right now? Well, I think this coach has a chance to probably propel himself upwards this season in a big way. I'd go with Sean McDermott, uh, the Bills. Mm. Uh, 62 and 35 career record. Uh, postseason's not as good, four and five, but he did take, obviously, uh, the team to the AFC uh, title game in 2020. Um, it's hard to imagine that they had a, their fir- his uh, first season, or his first season that when they made the playoffs, that was their first. Uh, postseason berth since 1999, uh, which doesn't seem right, but I, it, it is. But uh, that's a long time. Um, but now he's going to be calling the defense with Le- Leslie Frazier stepping down. Obviously, he's a defensive-minded head coach. Um, you know, one of the had, few in the league had success. Um, you know, with the Eagles and Panthers before arriving with the Bills. Uh, but now he'll call plays. So it'll be interesting to see. What that does there, if you know, I mean, if they have a continue on their success and he's play calling, I mean, that just that that raises his profile in my mind. Um, you know, they've had three straight division titles, so beats the Bengals out. Um, you know, the Bengals have had won the last two, but um, they've won three in the AFC East. Um, only one losing season in six years, and at least ten wins in the last four. Um, so I, I think they've he's done a really good job. Um, Josh Allen has obviously been a big part of that, but uh, their defense um, has obviously been very, very good uh, throughout his whole time there. And obviously they got dealt a bad hand um, this year with uh, DeMar Hamlin. I mean, I'm not sure how this season would have shaken out 
And, you know, that game continues. The Bengals win, whatever. But, you know, obviously don't go through that emotional sort of experience. What would have happened in the postseason? I, I think everything would have been a lot different. So, um, you know, I still think he's a you know, very uh, good coach and has had a lot of success in Buffalo. Andrew, was that the obvious case you were thinking of instead of John Harbaugh, or was it someone else? And you don't have to give it away if it was someone else. Uh, it was someone else. Um, I have. I mean, we can just go right into five if that works for you. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I like yeah, it, man. Just I, go so bold. I, I actually had two guys that I would have taken um, above McDermott um, going into 2023. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I have to take Bill Belichick. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, I, I understand that, you know, since Brady left, they have not been, um, you know, the New England Patriots dynasty, uh, you know, but again, I, I think that there is kind of a misconception, um, that, that, that dynasty was, was all Tom Brady. Uh, and I think the last few years haven't really done a, a favor to Belichick in that regard. Cause I mean, obviously we all have eyes and we, we've kind of seen what have, what has happened there. Um, you know, it's been, you know, the worst three year stretch, I think, since, since he's gotten there. So, um, you know, that's that's obviously pretty significant. But again, I mean, he, he's one of the best coaches in NFL history. Um, you know, he might be the best. He might be the best coach in NFL history. Frankly, uh, I don't know how you would want to compare, you know, him to Vince Lombardi or, uh, you know, to, to coaches like Chuck Knoll and, and, and guys that are kind of, you know, uh, you know, Don Shula and guys that are in that kind of, you know, ballpark. Um, I, I mean, but, but he's up there and, and I, I mean, I, I have to take Belichick there, uh, you know, as a defensive mind, he's, he's incredibly smart. Um, you know, I think, you know, you, you still saw that, I think kind of late in his career, even, um, you know, in that Super Bowl against the Rams, which frankly sucked to, uh, to watch, um, the second Super Bowl against the Rams, I should say, uh, the, the Patriots won that game 13 to three. Um, you know, and, and they, I mean, the Rams were really talented offensively, you know, they had a really good year offensively and, and Belichick shut them down. Um, you know, he had a lot to do with, you know, just schemes and stuff like that, but they, you know, they were changing up defenses after the headsets went out. And there was kind of a lot of talk about that. Like Belichick still got it. And I'm surprised he went to five. I mean, if I had like, if the, if the top three was, was Reed and Tomlin, I would have taken Belichick third, um, you know, and, and frankly, it was a tough. Pick I, I like that. It was a tough pick for me at two uh, to take Tomlin. Um, but if I didn't take Tomlin at two, I, w- I was going to take Belichick. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Belichick at five is I mean, that feels like a layup to me. I think the it's hard to say. I mean, I don't know if it's I mean, he's the coach, right? So he's the decision maker. I think it's disqualifying to put him in the top five for this year right now because of the Met. Patricia situation last year and sure. uh, mm. I, I I mean I, I think that if you're talking all time yeah he's number one on the list you know Andy Reid's right up there but um, you know I, I just think that that was such a bad move um, it was a horrible move and and paid you know obviously did not work out at all um, so you know it's um, I'd have a hard time you know placing on that at the moment but that said, you know, he, you know, how do you, how much do you factor his sort of, uh, you know, kind of, he kind of runs the show, obviously. Is that fall, fall under his coaching responsibilities? I do think it did because he could have taken, obviously, the play calling away from him um, and not done that higher in the first place, gone a more traditional route that obviously he, he has now. 
Um, so I don't know. It's hard. Uh, I, I, I just think that was a tough one to sort of get past. Sure. Uh, that and, is and very we'll see, hard. We'll see this year. Uh, you know, I mean, Bill O'Brien went to the Sabren School of Wayward Coaches, and um, now he's back in the NFL. So um, I, I, I'm actually, I actually like Bill O'Brien. I like that hire. Um, not sure I like Mac Jones, um, but uh, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah, that is a polarizing pick. Like I, I, the way you said you'd put him at three. If you didn't put him at three, I would have put him at seven. Like that's honestly where I would have put him. Like if he was still on the board, as if we're talking about like a draft pick, like if he was still there, definitely would have put him at, or if he was on the board and I get to seven, like I would have put him there. But it's tough because like you think about, okay, how much of it is based on what he's done versus who he is now. We understand Brady's gone, but Mac Jones, man, I don't know. I don't know. That's I'm not even going to open that debate up because that's a whole other talk. But I'll tell you what's interesting is Zach Taylor is still on the board. He has not been picked. Will he get picked? Where will he get picked if he does? Stay tuned to find that answer when we return as we continue drafting the best AFC head coaches right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right. Thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So we have already drafted the top five head coaches in the AFC right now going into 2023. And now we're drafting the bottom half of that top 10 list. Before we continue, we want to remind you guys to sign up for our Cincinnati uh, football insider subtext service. Go to cleveland.com slash bangles to sign up. It's a two-week free trial to start. And we are going to keep sending our awesome subscribers text messages and updates throughout OTAs and mini camp and OTAs kicks off in less than 24 hours from when we're taping this podcast. So if you want all those updates, make sure you sign up ASAP and sign up for our Cincinnati, uh, excuse me, our Strictly Stripes newsletter on all things Cincinnati Bengals. If you want free news in your inbox on the Bengals from me, Mike and Andrew, go to cleveland.com slash newsletters and sign up for the Strictly Stripes newsletter. All right. So we're at number six, which I guess that means it's my turn. So, this is, uh, again, it's interesting because my, my, my list that I had versus where we are is a little bit discombobulated, but I think this is going to be a toss-up pick, a very solid toss-up pick. I might add for number six, and I think the sixth best head coach in the AFC right now is Doug Peterson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you got to think about it. To go from winning a Super Bowl in Philly to just... I'm sorry to say it, and this is with respect to Nick Sirianni getting ran out of town, coming down to Duval, as they call it in Jacksonville, and taking a team that was the worst team in the NFL in back-to-back seasons, which is how they got Trayvon Walker and Trevor Sunshine Lawrence. And, of course, they got Travis Etienne as well, among other guys. But to do that, uh, to come in and take that team to the playoffs, almost beating Mahomes at Arrowhead, I mean, who knows if that game could have gone if – you know, they don't throw a pick with like three minutes left or Jamal Agnew fumbles the ball. I guess they both happened with five minutes left. Who knows? They could have been playing the Bengals in Cincinnati for a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, kind of like the Bengals did the year before when they made their Super Bowl run. I mean, obviously, that's a that's a pretty good team. I mean, they got Christian Kirk. They have Trevor Lawrence, Walker, Josh Allen, who I covered at Kentucky, amazing guy who I think is getting better. So dealt a good hand, but... It, it took a while to get there. I mean, you had to make the best out of it. And honestly, I wrote them off when they were three and seven. Um, and then they beat the Cowboys on that crazy overtime win. And they just went out and they beat Tennessee in that week 18 game. I think 
he does not get enough credit for what he's worth. Um, and again, I'm trying to separate from what he did in Philly to where he is now. But I think the fact that he's won in Philly and that he's relatively winning in Jacksonville, it makes a case that not only do I think that the Jaguars are the favorite to win the AFC South next year, I don't, I don't want to call them Super Bowl contenders. But like I said, anything can happen in the playoffs. We almost saw that at Arrowhead. I got to put Doug Peterson at number six. What do you all think? Yay or nay? Yeah, that's a nay for me. I had again. I had two other guys, just like um, uh, I think it was when Mike picked McDermott. Yeah, I, I I had two other guys that I would have taken above him. Uh, I think you know part of Peterson's success was you you could basically nominate him for the not Urban Meyer award. Um, you know that that team basically in, in Jacksonville they were just such a mess with uh, you know with with Urban there, and uh, you know now that now that Urban left. Um, you could almost just say it was a progression to the mean. Uh, I mean, when you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, it, it's kind of hard to not, you know, to not have a, uh, you know, to, to not be at least somewhat successful. Um, you know, Urban Meyer proved that it's possible, but it's it's pretty difficult. So, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think Peterson is kind of on the up and up. I think he's got a sweet gig for himself down in Jacksonville because, again, you're attached to the hip at, at Trevor Lawrence. You, you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself, but I, uh, I have, I have other picks that I would have made there. Fair. Yeah. And if you it's don't fair. kick somebody, you get, you're in good shape. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for next, what is pick number seven? Yep. I, I, yep. I think this is a good spot for Zach Taylor. Um, you know, obviously okay. uh, Joe Burrow is a big part of, you know, their recent two year run uh, is sort of inseparable, but he does call plays. I think this will determine, this year, if he goes up or down, sort of in the the coaching rankings, because um, you know hard to separate. I mean, does have you know the worst year out of any coach like uh, on this list so far, or at least in recent memory, uh, with that two two and fourteen season. Um, you know, kind of barely hung on there for eleven the next year, but Burrow's injury um, kind of gave him a, a do over there. So um, you know, they're obviously you know five and two in the postseason the last two years. Um, you know, one play away from you know, getting back to the Super Bowl, um, it, it feel, felt like. So, um, you know, career record's not there, but, I mean, obviously he's, he's transformed the offense since, you know, Burrow's put in place. Uh, he's put a good system, you know, around his players in terms of, like, coaching staff and everything. But I think that um, he needs to have some continued success here uh, to sort of keep climbing because I, I do think he's handicapped by that um, first two years and, the you know, lack of success that they had. That is okay. Okay. I, so I'm just going to straight up say it because, you know, you already gave it away. I would have had him at number nine. I won't say who I had ahead of him with the other two picks, but I mean, like you said, this is tough because look, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. And that defense doing what it did the last two years with Louis Narumo. We've talked about that on like God knows how many podcasts, but I really do have a hard time looking at those first two years and saying to myself, can Zach Taylor have done all the things he's done without Joe Burrow or how, how much of what he's done with Joe Burrow can he do with someone else, whoever it is, maybe not Andy Dalton, because I think he already reached the end of his prime by that point. But I mean, I don't know, Derek Carr, any of those other quarterbacks we've talked about, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. And that's why I, I would have put someone like Peterson ahead of Taylor, because I just really don't know how much of it is him versus Joe Burrow being 
Joe Shiesty, but like, I mean, Andrew, do do you like that pick? Would you have put Zach Taylor at seven? Do you think he should have been a little lower? Like I thought. Like, what's your take on that? No, I'm I'm okay with Zach Taylor at seven. I I just um you know I I, I mean frankly again we'll just jump right into my pick. I, I would have taken Mike Vrabel. Um, I think um after after Belichick at five, I would have gone with Vrabel at six. Um, I as well as everybody else have watched Mike Vrabel kind of turn a whole lot of eh into a lot of times really, really strong teams. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy who, you know, for the, he's been in the NFL for five years for the first four years of his, of his coach, of his head coaching tenure uh, did not have a losing record. He led the Titans to a number one seed. He took them in. Uh, that was the 2019 season to the AFC championship game. Uh, you know, they went on the road and they beat the Patriots in Foxborough. And then they went on the road and they beat the number one seeded Ravens the year that uh, Lamar won MVP. Uh, and then they were, you know, in the game in the second half against Kansas City the year that he won the Super Bowl. Like, I, I've kind of watched him, like everybody else, like I said, drag a team without a ton of stars. Like, nothing against Ryan Tannehill, but Ryan Tannehill is is – really not even close to the to the level that you know a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen is at and you know this past year you know he had Malik Willis and at quarterback and that was kind of a mess and that was very clearly a long-term project that you know kind of had to had to get accelerated you have Derrick Henry but you had really no wide receivers to speak of I know they had uh, AJ Brown a few years ago but you move on from him um it's just you know, they've always kind of done things in a way where, you know, the um, – Is head scratching? Well, no, no, it's not that. That's not what I'm saying. It's the <laughs> – um, you know, the, the, the defense is, is, is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about a team that runs the ball well with Derrick Henry. They play great defense. And, I mean, again, there's not a Von Miller on that team. There's not an Aaron Donald on that team. And every year I, you just always look at the Titans and say, wow, you know, they're incredibly physical. They're incredibly well coached. And I, I, again, I think he'll be back. I think the Titans are in a bad way right now. Um, you know, a lot of stuff going on with, you know, the front office, you know, they fired their GM, um, you know, in, uh, in early December. They're in cap they, space hell. Yeah. They, they're in cap space trouble with, with Ryan Tannehill. Um, you know, I just they I, cut I, Taylor I, Lewan. I wouldn't. I mean, frankly, if I was a Titans fan, I would be praying that they suck, and you know, watching every USC game, hoping Caleb Williams becomes uh, becomes available to you with the number one pick. But um, I, again, I, I think the Titans are on the up and up, and and frankly, I think if getting Vrabel at eight's crazy, but I don't think that this is insane to say that if we did this in two or three years. You know, maybe Reed's gone, maybe Belichick's gone. I, I mean, we're, we could be talking about a top three NFL head coach. I'm very high on Mike Vrabel. I don't. Know I actually had him at number eight too. I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. Sur- survive next year, though. But I think I think he's kind of done enough to to give himself some goodwill, and I think there is kind of an understanding of like, okay. They draft Malik Willis, and that was obviously much more of a project than they thought. Or at They're least talking about cutting him. Well, that's he's what I'm not, saying. He's like, not the answer. Well, right. So they they draft him in the third. And now, granted, it was a third round pick. So and now they the draft Will Levis, which is another interesting pick. Yeah, and then uh, 
again, you draft him. I just, I mean, they have um, Traylon Burks at receiver, but then I don't know, like Derek, Hen- one of these years, Derek Henry is going to, you know, fall off the cliff. It's just, I mean, he's kind of defying. It's inevitable. Yeah. He's defying the laws of science by doing this every year. Um, you know, which, I mean, it's a credit to Derek Henry, but like one of these years, it's not going to work. I just think that Vrabel has bought himself some time because it's not his fault that, you know, that AJ Brown is gone. You know, it's not his fault that, um, you know, that Ryan Tannehill has kind of regressed, like I, just because of age, like, I, I just think that Vrabel's bought himself some time. And, um, I, I'm frankly, I'm pretty confident that, uh, you know, in a few years he'll have them kind of back at the top of the AFC. I would be surprised if he makes it through their cap situation. Yeah, that's Mike makes a good point, but I actually it's funny. If literally I was at number eight, that's who I would have picked too. Like I had him on my list that I have. I had a, have him at number eight because, like you said, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Sorry to all the Titans fans if there's any listening to this podcast. You guys have a dysfunctional franchise with a lot of head scratching decisions. I mean, GM just got fired. You're in cap space hell. You go from Tannehill to Malik Willis to Will Levis to potentially Caleb Williams, depending on what happens next year. And then Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. and But then from there, it's just like <laughs> they've just been a weird team. Like, I mean, they were the number one seed a year ago. And then they lost like, what, seven straight to literally choke out of the AFC South. Granted, they lost like, what, six straight and just needed one win. Needed to win one game, that one game against the Jaguars in week 18, and they would have been the ones hosting the Chargers, but that didn't happen because not Mike Vrabel, maybe to an extent, but not completely Mike Vrabel. Just think that is a very dysfunctional franchise. So in light of that, I guess what we're at number number nine, which means it is my turn, right? Is it? Yep. Is it my turn now? It is my turn. Okay. Hmm. So again, this is with regard to my list being shuffled. I'm just going to say it. I think the ninth best head coach in the AFC right now is Sean Payton. I, <laughs> I, again, this is a tough one because we have never seen him coach in the AFC. I mean, he's only been the head coach of the Denver Broncos for what? Not even like three ish, three and a half months, maybe, maybe four. I think we're probably three and a half months is the better guess. Look, I get it. The Russell Wilson situation's weird. The Broncos situation in general is just weird. But look, I don't know. Maybe he's the answer. Maybe that's what Russell Wilson needs, whether he likes it or not. Maybe that's what the Broncos need, whether they like it or not. And I'll be honest, they got a pretty good defense. Like with how horrible they were last year, not many bad things you could say about that defense. Like it was, I think, what, top 10 in uh, scoring defense? I, I think maybe not top five, but it was definitely top 10. Um, so maybe you build on that. I get it. Vic Fangio is more of a defensive guy. That's why he's the Dolphins DC now, which is actually, that's going to be really good for them, the Dolphins. But I don't know. I just really think Sean Payton's got something left in the tank. And much like Andy Reid, I get it. He had a cheat code with Drew Brees and a lot of the other good players they had, like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, you know, uh, Cameron Jordan, whoever else you want to talk about on that team that's that was and still is really good. I just really think, I don't think the Broncos will make the playoffs, but if he can get them to like nine and eight or eight and nine, I mean, cause they were like what four and 13 last year. That's great. 
And who knows, maybe that's going to be the setup of the Broncos being, they're not winning the AFC West. You got Patrick Mahomes, but maybe a wild card team? I don't know. Do you think I'm maybe going on a limb here because we've never seen him coach in the AFC, or what do you guys think of that? I just think it's hard to say. Um, you know, Russ, like the Russ situation. I mean, what happens if Russ is cooked? Like, no pun, I guess no pun intended. Uh, that, was a, that was unintentional, I promise. I genuinely mean that. Uh, but like, what, what, what happens if Russ is done? Like, like if, if, if Russ's kind of, you know, productive playing career is over, I, I mean, what, 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 like, what then? So I, I don't know. We'll uh, I, and I guess we'll find out how, how good of a coach he really is if if, if Russ is uh, you know if Russ is in trouble kind of long term. But yeah, I, I just think it's too early to say right now. That I thought about it, I just left him off because I, you know I, I I didn't. I to me it was kind of unfair to put him above um, you know some guys who I'm a little bit higher on moving forward. So my last pick then. Yep, that's you. Save the best for last, Mike. That's you, my friend. Yeah, I would go with uh, number 10 was uh, Mike McDaniel from the Dolphins. Um, they had a kind of a crazy year last year with Tua. Still managed to make the playoffs, still managed to have a winning record. Um, you know, obviously an offensive guy, sort of an interesting character. Um, you know, they have a very interesting offense. Um, and I think they're, the speed that they have and all the weapons they have, that could be a fun team to watch and see how it all kind of gels. Um, and he could really, uh, you know, if he makes that all work and, and finds something that, that they can kind of take it to another level this year offensively, um, a year ago, he'll be, you know, everybody will try to be modeling after what he's done or what they've tried to do. Um, he's, you know, the play caller as well, which, I, like I said, I, you know, I think is there's some value in that to sort of being part of that top 10. And so, um that's who I, I mean only one year of experience but um intriguing and, and i think better than sort of the rest of the options at, at the number 10 spot hmm ah that is i don't know i i really don't know how to feel about that i don't even know if i feel anything do you feel anything about that andrew because i'm still processing that no, that's fine. Um, you know, I think you're kind of in – I think you can kind of put these guys in the same bucket. Um, you know, McDaniel, I, I would put with Stefanski, uh, who I would put with Robert Sala, um, you know, who I – Robert Sala. You know, I think, um, you know, when people talk about uh, the Chargers, you know, I, personally, I, you know, I'm a big, you know, quote-unquote analytics guy. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't know how, how good Brandon typically is, uh, it kind of implementing that, um, you know, but I think he's kind of around, I, I mean, I think it's just personal preference. I would have gone with Sala, um, you know, just because you, you look at kind of where this team was a few years ago, uh, his record has not been good, but also neither has the quarterback play. Um, you know, the defense has kind of turned around, you know, not only did it turn around, they became frankly, one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I like Sala at 10, but I mean, I'm not necessarily, you know, beholden to it. So I, I think McDaniel's a fine pick there. I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of crap from both of you for this, but I would have gone with Brandon Staley. Honestly, I would have gone with him. Yeah. Again, like they're in the same bucket. That's fine. Well, I only say that because I thought you were going to bring up the, what was it? 27, nothing, whatever that lead they had that they blew in yeah, Jacksonville. I thought you were going to maybe bring that up. That's why I was on the fence with him. But I don't think you can put all that on him. I'd put it more on their defensive coordinator who pretty sure he got fired, right? From that after that game? Uh, 
I have to think who I don't even remember who that was. I should know because it's actually a very like known name in the NFL, but um, I'd have to double check on that because that is really weird. But, but uh, anyhow, more now. Um, you know, he's our offensive coordinator, right? Their offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I don't know if they did anything defensively. I would have to look. Yeah, I would have to look at that because that's just, you know, at that point you're playing with a lot of names. But I mean, I like Justin Herbert. Um, I think a lot of his own talent is his own talent. But at the same time, I just think that, um, you know, like they still have Austin Eckler. They've still got Keenan Allen. Uh, they got some pretty decent guys on defense like Derwin James and everyone in between. Khalil Mack, who I know he's nowhere near what he was in his prime, but I think he's still a very good player. And uh, again, up until that, that literal dud of a game I mentioned. Um, oh, by the way, they actually did fire him. He was replaced by Derek Ainsley, who's their new uh, defensive coordinator. He was their DB's coach. Now he's their coordinator. So, yeah, he was fired, understandably so. So it shows you they didn't blame Staley. They blamed the D.C. So um, that game aside, I think the Chargers have one of the best offenses in the league. Again, I don't think anybody has a chance of beating out the Chiefs for the division, but I definitely think the Chargers can get back to the postseason and they can maybe make not a deep run, but certainly a deeper run. So my two cents there. I guess that's my honorable mention. I would have probably put Kevin Kevin Stefanski uh, as an honorable mention as well. And I will maybe actually say if he does well next year with Deshaun Watson and that team they have, I think he can definitely crack the top 10. But just to kind of wrap up here, um, how high on the list can Zach Taylor jump if the Bengals do God knows what next year? I guess really the better question is, can he become a top five coach after next season? Well, in the AFC or in the league? In the AFC, yeah, in the AFC. I mean, I th- I think I think so. Obviously, um, you know, because it 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 I think he could do that even if they don't, you know, win the Super Bowl or you know they don't kind of make a run because you know what happens if the Bills bow out? Um, you know what happens if the Bills bow out in the, you know the wild card round or the divisional round or something like that? Um, you know what happens if the Ravens, you know, take a step back or you know the Patriots miss the playoffs again or you know, the Jaguars fall back. Like, I I just think that there's kind of other options there. Like, I would be more surprised like, if the Bengals miss the playoffs than if the Jaguars miss the playoffs or the Patriots miss the playoffs. You know, so – and I, I just think that, um, you know, another year of, of doing this, you, you I mean, I understand, you know, it's going to get a lot harder soon, but um, you reach a trend, and I think it's kind of undeniable at some point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly possible. I mean, another trip to the AFC title game. I mean, you know, that's rarefied air, three straight AFC title games um, in a row in terms of, like, the current landscape of coaches. Um, and I'd have no problem, you know, moving above some guys if, if he was able to do that, um, you know, especially offensively if, you know, things look more like that winning streak to end the season than it did at the start of the season last year. I agree. I think even if he makes – just the playoffs again, and if they win a divisional title, I mean, the Bengals have never won back-to-back-to-back divisional titles. They never won back-to-back titles till last year. So if he does that, God forbid they lose in, like, the first round of the wild card round. I mean, even then, there's still a case, especially if Joe Burrow has an even better year next year. So I think uh, we'll, we'll get the verdict on that here once the season is underway. And hard to believe three months, which is crazy because time is flying which is why OTAs are almost here. And we're going to break that down for you tomorrow when we're 
you know, at the stadium. We're going to get our insights and our thoughts and our biggest takeaways. We're going to break those down for you right here on the podcast. But once again, for myself, Andrew and Mike, I'm Muhammad Amar. Catch you on Tuesday.